Welcome to The Refresh from Insider. I'm Dave Smith. And I'm Rebecca Ibarra. It's Friday, August 26th, and we're here updating whenever there's news all day, every weekday. Here's the latest. A Silicon Valley startup is getting a lot of attention for its controversial work, erasing the accents of all call center employees. Here's how it works. The company, Sanas, uses artificial intelligence to change voices in real time. It gives, for example, a call center worker in India a Western accent. Here's an example from Sanas website. Can I get your full name, phone number and address to check in on that order? Can I get your full name, phone number and address to check in on that order? Critics say it's alienating and dehumanizing to people outside the U.S., but some foreign workers say it actually reduces the abuse they experience from U.S. callers. Moderna is suing Pfizer and its German partner BioNTech over its COVID-19 vaccine. Moderna claims Pfizer improperly used its mRNA technology to make its own version of the COVID vaccine. Moderna says it's not looking for Pfizer to stop making vaccines, but the Washington Post says it's looking to corner the mRNA market for the future. Pfizer says its research is original. What's notable here is that both companies based a lot of their COVID vaccine on research from the taxpayer-funded NIH, although Moderna says its lawsuit is separate from that work. New research from Forbes suggests that more than half of all Bitcoin exchanges are fake. What does that mean? Well, let's say there are lots of bots out there pretending to trade Bitcoin. That can give Bitcoin and its proponents something to point at and hype up its value. It's called wash trading. Bad actors can inflate the price, then unload their now expensive assets onto the market. Essentially, it's a pump and dump. Just three months after the massacre at Robb Elementary, a federal judge has overruled a Texas law saying people under 21 can't carry a handgun. Judge Mark Pittman, who was nominated by Donald Trump in 2019, said the Second Amendment didn't exclude 18 to 20-year-olds from the right to bear arms. The rule won't immediately go into effect thanks to a 30-day injunction, but it's worth noting that, according to the New York Times, six of the nine deadliest mass shootings in the U.S. over the past four years were carried out by people who were 21 or younger. Move over, Joe Rogan. Podcasting has new royalty. Meghan Markle, the Duchess of Sussex podcast Archetypes, premiered this week and is now the number one show on Spotify, dethroning the Joe Rogan experience, which held the title on and off for years. And that's despite Joe Rogan's super interesting episode on Thursday with Meta CEO Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, I do a, I do a bunch of social media. I do a lot of messaging. Um, I really don't watch that much TV. Hey, if you like any of these segments that we're producing for the Refresh from Insider, did you know that you can share any of them on social media? It's true. Just look in the description section of your podcast app and you'll see a little share link next to each story. It's super easy. Give it a try. Coming up, we catch up on the biggest news of the streaming industry this summer. 
Natural gas facilities normally burn off small quantities of excess methane. They're called flares. Now, imagine a flare so big you can see it from another country. That's what people in Finland started noticing earlier this summer from across their border with Russia. The BBC reports a Russian gas facility has been burning and venting a huge plume of methane, causing environmental concerns. And since the Russians won't say why, speculation runs from missing parts at the facility because of sanctions to an FU you to Europe, which needs the energy. The Pentagon is promising major changes in U.S. military operations to better protect civilians. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin delivered the new plan on Thursday, and the 36-page memo details new commitments to civilian safety at every level of combat. The policy comes after the New York Times won a Pulitzer this year for its focus on unacceptable civilian losses in places like Iraq, Syria, and Afghanistan. Two Florida residents have pleaded guilty to stealing the diary of President Biden's daughter, Ashley, back in 2020. In the final days of Biden's presidential campaign, Amy Harris and Robert Kurlander found and sold the diary to a far-right activist group called Project Veritas. And then another conservative site got hold of the diary and published excerpts, which included embarrassing revelations. Though Project Veritas never published the diary itself and claims it didn't know it had been stolen, the two defendants have agreed to cooperate with an investigation into the company. Starbucks withheld raises and benefits from unionized stores. That's what the National Labor Relations Board says in a new complaint. Pay increases went into effect on August 1st, but only for the stores that are not unionized. The board says that goes against union laws and that Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz needs to extend the increased wages to employees in the union and offer an apology. Elon Musk and T-Mobile are teaming up with plans to deliver more cell service by connecting phones to SpaceX's Starlink satellites. That means T-Mobile phones wouldn't need to use cell phone towers anymore, opening up service to send texts and images pretty much anywhere in the U.S., even in remote places. You know, in a nutshell, it's no more dead zones. That's Musk talking about the news at an event last night. He says the plan will start at the end of next year. It's been a wild summer for streaming services, with lots of ups and downs for companies and consumers. Insiders Media reporter Travis Clark is here to talk about the highlights, the lowlights, and what's in store for the future of TV. So Travis, this summer seems to have been a pivotal moment for the streaming industry in general. What are the most important things that happened? First off, there was this massive Warner Media discovery merger, this new company that is aiming to combine HBO Max, which was Warner Media's streaming service, with its own streaming service, Discovery Plus, and they're aiming to do that by next year. The second thing, Netflix's sub- subscriber losses, you know, after a decade of unprecedented growth, they've seen two quarters in a row of subscriber losses. That's the first time in the company's history. So there's just a lot of shifts with consumers figuring out what streaming services they want and then. There's consolidation and, you know, I foresee more of that happening. So to dig in a little bit on the HBO Max and Discovery merger, there have been a lot of news stories out there about HBO Max shows being cut, being, you know, removed from programming, removed from social media even. Mm. There was that whole kerfuffle about the Batgirl movie that was apparently already done and they decided to scrap it. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit more about what is happening within Discovery now that it has HBO Max? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery is mainly trying to cut costs. They inherited loads of debt when they merged with Warner Media. The CEO, David Zaslav, is very focused on streamlining the company. They're basically canceling a lot of projects for basically what comes down to tax write-offs. So zooming back out a bit, the, the HBO Max Discovery merger, Netflix being dethroned, why is all of this coming to a head right now? What is it about this year and this summer that's made it a ripe time to just shake up the streaming industry? Yeah, I mean, there was a huge boom for streaming during the pandemic. A lot of new services debuted. There was Peacock, Paramount Plus, Quibi for a very short time. <laughs> Love Quibi. Miss Quibi every day. Yes, that was the one casualty. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of people were kind of flocking to these services during a time when they were stuck at home, not much to do. And that kind of led to both new services and older services like Netflix seeing a real boom during the pandemic. Now that is slowing, you know, people are getting out of the house and people are starting to realize that they, you know, they can't really shell out all this money for like five or six streaming services a month. It's a lot of money. So HBO Max was at the forefront of releasing new movies on the platform instead of in theaters, but now it seems to be moving away from that strategy. So what does that mean for the future of movies? Well, movie theaters are obviously like ecstatic about that because, you know, Warner Media obviously put all of their movies last year straight to HBO Max. They, you know, debuted them at the same time in theaters and on streaming. That caused quite an uproar in the theatrical industry. You know, Warner Brothers Discovery and Zaslav, the new CEO, is obviously, like you said, turning away from that. So that's that's good for movie theaters, but movie theaters are also struggling right now. They still have a long road to recovery. We'll have to see how these companies change their movie strategies in the coming year or two. Mm. So, Travis, if you could just look into your crystal ball, I know you got one over there. If you can look into your crystal ball, what do you think streaming is going to look like for viewers over the next couple of years? Yeah, I mean, at the top of my head, I guess the first thing I would say is is fewer options. You know, like we said, HBO Max and Discovery Plus are going to merge next year. You know, there's a lot of speculation about what Disney would do with Hulu. There's a lot of speculation about Disney merging Hulu with Disney Plus. There are always rumors that Paramount and Peacock could face some sort of merger. Paramount Plus is already expected to make Showtime an add-on to Paramount Plus. And, you know, from the consumer standpoint, that might be a good thing. And from, you know, these companies' standpoint, they'll be able to, you know, put all their chips in, in one basket. Travis? Thank you so much for chatting. Thanks so much. Travis Clark writes about the media for Insider. Make sure to follow the Refresh from Insider on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. The Refresh from Insider is produced by Frank Alito, Grace Eliza Goodwin, Dave Smith, and me, Rebecca Ibarra. Carrie Donahue is our executive producer. Andy Bowers is the head of audio at Insider. And we had help this week from Rob Gunther, Alan Haberchak, Michal Stein, and Dan Gooding. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great weekend. 